Lukaku has more goals for yeah. country than um, um, Pele. That's crazy. Yeah. Because most of these games, these guys are playing. They're playing against lower team. It's almost like Star Party. Someone created a list of teams that Haaland has scored against. Between several of yeah. them. I bet you can't mention top players in those teams. And so that's why people are raising this concern of, okay, well, Europe might have amazing teams um, like Spain, like England, like Germany, like this team. But apart from that, the amount of amazing teams eh, is lesser than the yes. amount of triple teams. They are too Yeah. Hello, listeners. Where we are listening to us from. Welcome back to the 90 Plus Five podcast. I remain your host, Sunji. I will meet here. It's my co-host, Mikus. Hello, guys. Welcome back to the podcast. Sir. Yeah. So, welcome back to another episode of the International Break <laughs> version of the 90 Plus Five podcast. I'll hear um, without much further ado. We have uh, two topics to discuss. First up, uh, we want to um, shed more light on a recent topic that has gathered a lot of uh, momentum on social media and has got a lot of people to start talking. First of all, uh, like Copa America and the uh, Euros. In terms of like qualifications and in terms of the the um fixtures there and competition there, yep. each one is more competitive. Then the second topic we'll be talking about is the idea of this whole international break in between the season and everything. What is the impact on teams and injuries that come with it? Is it really worth it? All right, Mikus. Let, let's start with the first uh, topic. <laughs> Copa America versus Euros. Yeah. Which one has more weight? Because I, I really don't want us to make this um, episode about Messi and Ronaldo. Because anybody that knows me knows that I'm trying so hard to like remove <laughs> um, them from my like lens of <laughs> football. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't want us to look at it from like a football point of view. Which one do you think is a much more com- competitive, um, should I say, or federation or um, should I say continent? Is it the European continent or the South American continent? Which one is much more competitive in terms of like their qualifications? And in terms of their competitions as well, which would you see? Let me let me get your thoughts first before I unleash my own. <laughs> okay, in terms of being competitive, I think I'll I'll say it's the Copa America or Copa Ball, the way they call it. And the reason yeah. for saying that is that looking at the amount of teams in the confederation, I think there are only ten. And so, if yeah. you have only ten teams. It's almost yeah. impossible, like they play each other so frequent that it's impossible for you not to get used to them. At this point, it's almost yeah. like a league without relegation. Think about it. Like that. Yeah. 
And yeah. just the way Man City can prepare for Liverpool because they know that okay, yeah. we are going to play them. And we know we play them so much that okay, we know how we can set up. Is the way this team set up for themselves. Another thing you can look at is that the style of football in South America is, I mean, is a different sport. When you watch it, you be like, my God, it's like sixty. I say at times it's sixty percent football, forty percent physicality. And so yeah, is 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 not much of a spectacle per se. Although you see it, but most of those players they they know that we are going to fight. And if you change the way the game is being refereed, if someone like Anthony Taylor gets there to referee the game, he might give 10 red cards. But when you see the referee rep the match, they are controlling the game in terms of nothing like giving red cards. They take charge of the game because that's how the style of football there is. And so I think they are more competitive or um, it's a more competitive federation, let me put it like that, than Europe. It's a more competitive federation than Europe. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I think that's that's an amazing take. Yeah, for me. But I would go the other way around. I'm going with the Euros. I feel Euros is much more competitive. First off, um, like, like for you, you said ten teams in the um comic ball. Yeah, and I feel that is the um exact reason why it's going to make that it is a bit easier because guys like you said you've gotten used to whoever you're playing with um you know okay there are nine other teams you are, you are competing in this top four um when, when last did you hear that um brazil did not qualify for the world cup or argentina did not qualify for the world cup okay or uruguay did not qualify for the world cup yeah it's very very rare because these guys they, they seem to have understood their opponents and they have the higher um the, the, the better players higher caliber of players it's very easy for them to steal through and they also have a competition called the copa america which happens i think biannually or sometimes annually no I, it's, just... it's the amount of times that euros happen i think it's almost that's how it happens nah, it's, not, it's, yeah. not, it's not it's not the same thing it, it happens every two two, two years like, and I think it happens every two years, yeah. It happens by, by annual and Euros happens once in four years, just like the World Cup. Yeah. And I, I feel that again is kind of like maybe maybe I don't know. It just waters everything down, in my opinion. Yeah, and listeners should know this is just my opinion and not really but it's not really uh, what was was that was that word? It's not set in stone. I be. Uh, it's not the holy grail. I think that's yeah. the word. It's not the holy grail. Yeah. Feel free to believe whatever you want to believe. Also, the other point I'll be raising here is that um, there are fifty-five teams in the Euros, and and if you look carefully at each of these countries here, you can spot like major like talents. In each of these teams, that's what major talent. And I don't know, can you just mention two players from Estonia if you don't <laughs> mind? No, no, I'm serious. Or Paraguay, uh, Paraguay, you have Amiron there, okay? Ar- Amiron, yeah. All right, we all knew about Chile where Sanchez was there and all, but like now, I don't know if you can spot any player from Chile right now, or Bolivia, or Peru, even though Bob is there as. 
I'm not sure you'll have been able to support anybody from Colombia. So this just goes to show show that Argentina, Uruguay, and Brazil run things in this in this federation. They run things in this side of the world. So like I was saying, also like another point I'll be raising here is that uh, if you look at it, the Euros or the European team here, yeah. you can see teams like Belgium, you can see Spain, Scotland, England, Portugal, Sweden. Like these are very these are teams that you can look into the team and see top class players. Yes, you one might argue that in the common ball, the style of football that they play is more of um the the very rough type of football. You can see in the as I see that you will go and match, you can see Messi holding someone's neck and that didn't even warrant for that that didn't even warrant for a foul or a card. That was just, just normal. part of life. <laughs> It's just normal there, but these are things like Europe, European style of football is more. They are more focused about technicalities. They are more focused about the technicality, the style of play. I know, yeah, in common body, focus our on style of play, but um, Europeans they are more about the techniques and all. But my point is that here, come on, come on, come on. Just looking at these qualifiers, you can see, like these are top teams here and there. You have, you have, you have a federation whereby currently, like, the second best player in the world cannot even play at the European competition. That's the Euros coming up next year. That's the name of Erling Haaland. Norway, they are meant to be a good side. But I don't know what's happening. They have Haaland, they have Odegaard, they have some other, like, good players there. But they can't still qualify. That just goes to so show how tough this federation can be sometimes you, you also had a scenario by italy could not qualify for um the the world cup last last year you get me these are the kind of things that can happen when you have 55 teams in a federation all trying to like just be at the top of their game you cannot really you can't really know what is going to come you get me you can't really see what's coming at you Compared to the Comet Ball, in my opinion, yeah. Comet Ball, less teams, it's very easy for you to understand your competition and, and all for me, yeah. That's my whole thought on the entire on the entire matter. Well, if, if, I, can raise, if I can raise a point then. I, I do agree with you that, yeah. um, yes, the lesser teams, the amount of teams in Comet Ball, you have teams yeah. being used to their opponents and vice versa. But I think yeah. what the point that is being lost is this, uh, if you have 10 teams in a continent uh, and everybody from that continent can only fill up 10 teams, surely uh, the level of players is higher than when you have a continent whereby there are 55 teams and everybody spread it. For instance, now, just imagine, only in the United Kingdom, you have Scotland, you have um, England, you have Wales, and all Wales, these teams have, have their individual national teams. Imagine if you all came together as one. Do you understand? And the point is this, that yes, there are good teams in um, Europe, but the amount of weaker teams there, I mean, is astonishing. Yesterday, we saw Gibraltar, oh. is he um, against France, 14-0. Yeah, you can never yeah, see, yeah. You can never see that scoreline in Comebo. It's not possible. Even as good as Brazil yeah. and Argentina are, there are times whereby, okay. even at 5-0, you watch the game and be like, okay, no problem. It was a bit tight. And 
Oh. That's the point I'm making. You see the likes of Norway and Italy. Yes, they didn't qualify. But it's more of yeah. their individual negligence. Look at the team that um, these people are wearing. I mean, Norway. You had the likes of Spain and Scotland. Two teams at this mo- at the moment whereby they have better teams than Norway. So it was almost yeah. an impossible ask. Yes, Holland is the second best player in Europe, maybe in the world, but look at the team is playing. Look at the team is competing in this. Uh, so when you see people watch games in Europe, they are talking about Azerbaijan. Um, today, Azerbaijan played Belgium 4-0. Come on. That's yeah. not, that's, that's not a good watch. Another point that I was even raised is that you look at the um, goats, original goats, like people will say, Pele. Um, people yeah. hail him as the best player of all time. I mean, when you have three World Cup trophies, it's hard to argue against that. Yeah, my man yeah. has less out goals than Lukaku. Lukaku has more goals than Pele. Is that is mind blowing? Mm. And mind you, in European competitions, is it? I don't think it's in Europe. I think it's all it, it, all around. Oh, in qualifying. Yeah. No, sorry, like, not sorry, not mean. In national... You mean like country for country? Yes, yes, for yes, yes, for country, for country. All right, all right. All right, I mean, all right, yes, all right. Let me let me phrase that. Lukaku has more goals for yeah. country than um, um, Pele. That's crazy. Yeah. Because most of these games, these guys are playing. They're playing against lower team. It's almost like staff party. Someone created a list of teams that Haaland has scored against. Between several of yeah. them. I bet you can't mention top players in those teams. And so that's why people are raising this concern of, okay, well, Europe might have amazing teams um, like Spain, like England, like Germany, like this thing. But apart from that, the amount of amazing teams eh, is lesser than the yes. amount of feeble teams. They are too much. As opposed to in Comobo, yes, there are 10. The big boys are Argentina, Belgium, sorry, Argentina, Brazil, <laughs> Uruguay. Yeah. Those are the three top yeah. dogs. Europe has those two. Yeah. But apart from that, every other person is a struggle for them. It's a struggle for them. So that's that's the way I see it. I, I see that the lesser teams in a in a continent makes it more competitive because the amount of um national teams that can be filled is less and so it's only the best yeah. of the best that gets to fill them. But again, yeah. that's just my opinion. Um listeners can come to their own judgment. Yeah, uh, see, this 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 argument here. Yeah, if we want to take this further, we can go to um this other continent that's North American side. Yes, Concacaf. Yeah, Concacaf. You you also see the same thing happening there. They have very few countries there, and it's being dominated by only the US. Only the US, and maybe once in a while Mexico. That just goes to show that. When you have less teams in a particular federation, it's just it, at the end of the day, you, you have a situation where it's been dominated by one or two people. But that's not even my point here. My point here is that I totally agree with you that the teams that are in this European competition, especially during their qualifiers, can lead to a lot of start padding. That's Kosovo, you have Kosto- Kosovo, Gibraltar, San Marino, Kazakhstan. Azerbaijan, Albania, uh-uh. Azerbaijan, Moldova, <laughs> Liechtenstein. Ronaldo's best favorite opponent, Luxembourg. Yeah, how about, there, like, how about there, was even an ep- there was an episode where we, we checked this thing. Like, I think Liechtenstein, their total population is just like 
like maybe a service in in Peter Pan or something <laughs> like that, about hundred thousand, hundred thousand, one fifty thousand, stuff like that. But yes, that's not the point for me yet. The point is that when you get um into maybe the European competitions, whereby some of these teams have been sieved out, it becomes really tough. When you get to the Euros, it becomes really tough. Like compared to like a Copa America, whereby mm-hmm. You still have those ten people. Like there's like you still have those ten people playing in the competition. There's no even form of qualification. There's nothing like that. Man, I, I think that's where the, the distinction lies for me. You have all these Gibraltar and the, the likes, they're out of the Europe Euro qualifiers and all. Comes to the Euros, but serious business is done. And you see the quality of teams who are playing each other becomes higher and it becomes tougher to win and why do this happens only once in four years you get me so i I just feel with all these things like putting all these things into concentration it just makes it really more difficult to be in this part of the the world in the european federation than in the common ball that's just my own point of view the stars parting, I totally agree. Like, if you that's why I, I didn't want to, like, um, I didn't want to mm. make this a Messi Ronaldo stuff. Yeah, yeah, me, I, me I, I, either, yeah. I, yeah, I, I made it clear in the, the beginning because if we're talking about goals, surely, yes, you have the um, you, you know, it's, it's gonna give you that because of this player. But now, when we are talking about you as a player, which is easier for you to, like, actually maybe dominate or actually like fulfill your potentials let me just ask you that question is it the common ball or euros um what do you mean by fulfill potential okay yeah. let, let's 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 put let's put this to a decision like how i'm right now with norway yeah. you think if he was in common ball it would be easier for him compared to the ufa some of the quality euros ufa if he was there it, it, it depends on the team per se, though. I, I do agree that if he was in Comebo, like, I, I, I think maybe even comparing the two can be like a disservice because you can start comparing them when they are, like when the Rose is on and the Copa America is on, and you can look at the two side by side. But with that being said, yeah. obviously, if he's in Comebo, he's always he's going to play at least one um, top competition or what they call it um, top flight competition which is the Copa America as opposed to yeah. in Euros you have to qualify because of the amount of teams so right now he has yeah. not even played any major competition so I do agree that if he was in Comerball at least you will have the chance How, how however I think in World Cup there is a qualification stage uh, only 7 among the 10 go so down yourself can be a factor but yeah in Comerball it will be easier for him to and he showcases his talent on the world stage as opposed to um euros all right uh, let's let's leave the listeners cups their judgment please remember you can always follow up the conversation using the hashtag 90 plus 5 podcast also do not forget to follow us on our social media platforms on instagram at the 90 plus 5 podcast and twitter at the 90 plus 5 fc all right yeah the second topic Whew. What's the impact of international breaks on um, leagues and football teams in general? 
because um just from this particular international break we've had players like Kamavinga injured Gavi injured just to mention a few and this is not just saying okay only Real Madrid players are feeling the heat or only Real Madrid is feeling the heat it's touching everybody in different yeah. ways yeah what what do you think about this man I think what we we had an episode um beginning of this season I will talk about this injury speed like FIFA and this organizing body, they cannot, I mean, at this point now, eh, they must be actually crazy to think that the amount of games is enough. Like, it's true, it has nothing to do with it. It obviously does. Yeah. You're looking at these players. You have Kamavinga, under 25, under 23. You have Gavi, I think he's under, I think he's 20. These players have already played an extraordinary amount of games for their clubs already this season or this year and you not bring up this like it makes no sense man it makes no sense just even following from the last topic what what are they playing for now you have um france playing against gibraltar really that that is why kamavinga had to get injured gibraltar you have gavi who had played 19 minutes in the previous game just for context i don't think all the games for Spain, uh, I think since they appointed um, their new coach, Gavi has started in all the games. And you still oh. see it fit for him to play in this game. Like, it makes no sense. Come on. I know I'm, I'm blaming FIFA, yes. I'm also blaming the national team, but majorly on FIFA. Because if this so-called, quote-unquote, um, qualifications are not available, the national team cannot call them. And so I think FIFA needs to do better. I mean, it's, it's, it makes no sense. FIFA needs to do better. Yeah, yeah. Um, I totally get your point of view. Oh. Um, I think I was telling you this off camera that, um, first off, I feel the whole idea behind international breaks is um, to balance up the calendar the football calendar for the year um i i, I think at the end of the day there's no negotiation for this <laughs> the only yeah. way we can uh, the only way we can avoid these injuries is uh, managers of these national teams can just be sensitive enough to know that some of these players they've been overused they've been overworked in their club side so they should like be given minimal playing time and for a match that is not as important as Gibraltar, France, why start Kamavinga? Why not use an 18-year-old boy who needs like that breakthrough or something? And Gavi, why start Gavi? I know Spain didn't really need that win. Um, I think they've already qualified. They qualified already. So, yeah. So, so why why start Gavi? So yes, I think at the end of the day, it's up to the manager because at the end of the day, um, we have a situation whereby this teams these football clubs their stadiums are used for other things during the course of the year and these international breaks are the only period whereby these stadiums can be used for some of these things and when i mean so when i mean these things i mean um most teams they have their female team play exactly they have yeah. their under 23 they have their under 23 team play they have um charity matches they organize they organize all year round for like fundraising and stuff like that yeah so 
without this balance from FIFA, uh, it might not really be possible for these other things to happen during the course of the season. So yes, I think it would be nice to have maybe all the qualifiers played um, um, in a particular time of the year, and we know that qualifiers that's all. That's it's, that's all. <laughs> yeah, but I think it won't work at the end of the day. I'll them are we seen a lot of at the end of the day on this <laughs> yeah then uh okay another thing is that um some players actually get to rest during this international break because i know um um from tony cruz international break yeah. when i was yes this this international break was for about i think seven days or ten days ten days yeah so some teams, some national teams who didn't really have as much fixtures like that. Their players can get to rest because we are heading into like a very, very busy time in football right now, especially for people who play in different reality. Because from now to like the end of the year, they will be playing about 12, 12 matches. That's a combination of Champions League, Premier League, FA Cup. Carabao Cup, just back to back, back to back, back to back. And I don't think there's any other break from now to the end of the year. So this was also like a period to just rest and just get your head off football for like a few days before you come back to training. Yeah. So I think FIFA can do something about it. Yeah. Or um, you just have to work with it like that. Yeah. Just maybe national team managers can just. Be more um, resourceful and just use these players effectively. That that's just it. Yeah, I, I think the yeah. major thing you said that uh, um, that sheds more light on this is that it's not just the top flights that football. Like there are a lot of football happening on the lower leagues, also female football. I think yeah. take for example now today, um, the El Clasico, Barca versus um, Real Madrid female edition. Yeah. If yeah. not for international break. Most people will not have seen that much. Of course, I have to upload yeah. that. Um, I think DAZN, I don't know how to pronounce it. They actually offer streaming services for, for free on YouTube. So that one already drives interaction. Do you understand? Creating awareness. Yeah. And so because yeah. of this schedule, obviously, it is an intentional act because they know that, okay, international break, at least we can bring these girls to play in the main stadium. I think they played in. Um, Baka's main stadium is not Camp Nudo because Camp Nudo is under renovation. So this drives up the popularity, quote unquote, the visibility. Well, again, without being said, um, we can only speak for the men's side. We can only speak for the top um, players. And at the end of the day, they are the ones being like, I mean, their bodies are going through it. I think there was a time Kevin De Bruyne was saying that these organizations don't care about the players, which is true. At the end of the day, football is an entertainment. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sport, yes. But for these organizations, for these streaming services, where the bulk of the money comes in, it's, a, it's an yeah. entertainment. It's almost, I think Dan Marco said something this evening that it was like, it's almost like when you're changing your channel on like probably Netflix or Prime. Oh, this one is not on. This one is on. That is how the matches are. And so they want yeah. to make more matches available so that they can charge more and at the end of the day so that teams can also earn more because without this yeah streaming funds you are not getting your hand on 
you're not getting your Bellingham to Real Madrid. I'm sorry. Yeah. You're not getting yeah. your uh, uh, a to Liverpool because this is where the bulk of the money comes in. What can happen yeah. now is that maybe FIFA can try this proposed solution of um, as a winger to try and balance out the calendar, which might help and hopefully see that there's a um, change in the fixture schedule. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, then we'll go back to the drawing board and see what happens. All right. So, yeah, I, I think yeah. at the end of the day, first of all, I need to apologize to you guys. We've been a lot of at the end of the day in this episode. I... I, I don't really know what's wrong with us, for <laughs> Please, apologies. All right, at the end of the day, I think the person that can solve this whole injury stuff is, the, I think the managers just need to be able to just know when these players have been overused by their clubs. No matter how important they are, they should be able to assess their games. If these games are not really important, just let them play for a minimal period of time. You get me and um also fifa can also find a way to work around the whole scheduling thing because it's really really it's really really bad maybe they can work out something whereby maybe january most of these international games are done and everything so we can start the january we can do one leg of international qualifiers then august another leg something like that but like i said initially whole international break works with the calendar and Mikus also mentioned the fact that broadcasters 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 like not until like i think this month i actually realized or i learned that the schedules for each game week is not actually run or it's not actually like uh selected by the premier league no, it's by your broadcasters. The broadcasters they select what time each team should play. You get yeah. me? So they can cash out the most. Because they know why why do you think that one big team is always playing by 12 days? Why why do you, 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 you ask you've not asked yourself that question before? So after 12 13 in the Premier League, either Chelsea is playing, Tottenham is playing, Arsenal is playing, Mar is playing, Mars is playing. Oh, their favorite, Liverpool. Yes. Liverpool. Yes. They oh. love Liverpool. So, uh, yes. So these broadcasters are doing these things intentionally because they have to make sure that every time frame or every time slots they have for that day is being watched by a very large number of people. You hear me? So yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's it. I think at the end of the day, two hundred games killing the sport for real these players need yeah. rest and if you look at most of the teams the key players who are running these teams nowadays are very they are young bloods they are young bloods these guys are very very young and i mean i know it's meant to be the older guys that are prone they are meant to be prone to injury but these young guys are very prone to injury especially when they play large amount of games and man it's, it can really ruin careers that's one reason why I also feel it's very hard for any of these young players in this generation to actually meet up with Messi and Ronaldo because the rate at which we are getting ACLs <laughs> just very alarming, very alarming. All right, guys, with this, we've come to the end of the 19 plus 5 podcast. Um, thank you very much, guys, for sticking with us. Thank you very much, Mikus, for hosting this podcast with me. Yeah, 
you can always follow us on our social media platforms on instagram at the nice plus five podcast and on twitter at nice plus five fc you can follow up the conversations on twitter using hashtag 90 plus five podcast thank you very much till next time have a wonderful week bye bye